Five weeks later. Weight, 4,000 pounds. I'm enjoying a relationship with the two men simultaneously. The first called Ben, the other Jerry. Number of current boyfriends, zero. Number of calls from ex-boyfriend. You have absolutely no messages. Not a single one. Not even from your mother. bad in Vietnam style, but uh, uh, <laughs> it's not a regular summer. It's not a normal summer. Weight, 4,000 pounds. Number of boyfriends, zero. Number of ex-boyfriends, zero. <laughs> yes, I'm just gay. <laughs> I think at this point I'd, I'd consider a boyfriend. Who's going to want to go out with somebody who's 4,000 pounds? <laughs> oh, my weight is out of control. I can't stop eating because, well, I could. I just choose not to. Because every night at 7, it's dinner time. I've never had a scheduled dinner before, you know, but now it's, it's that's all I look forward to. 7 o'clock dinner. I don't know, it just felt like an Elton John Loves Lies bleeding song intro day. That was what's going through my head all day, yesterday and uh, this week and everything. And Well, hello everybody and welcome to the July 2020 edition of the podcast. 2020 again, the year that will truly live in infamy. As uh, one of our favorite presidents called it many years ago when, you know, when people rallied around a president and his call for duty of being Americans, and I said duty. And speaking of duty, (laughs) oh, I've got so much to regale you today. Um, Well, we don't have that much to get to, but we certainly are going to have a lot of fun today. Today is the New Year's Eve third time this week. We're going to have fun and have a good time. Yes, it's going to be a fun day. I have some fun, interesting things scheduled for only people that enjoy this podcast and nothing else, because everything else stinks, and I don't even know what else to talk about anymore, but uh, I have some things planned that we will get to, and I we should enjoy ourselves on a lovely day, uh, probably just a, a, a normal hour and 20 podcast, not the uh, two, two and a half hour edition that we've been 
putting together now that things are well, now that I, you know, go out once a week. Well, this week I, well, Jesus, you know, that other thing, I think I went out three times this week. What is happening? Are things opening up or are they constricting? It depends on where you live. Oh, I'm drinking a nice coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. How are you? Speaking of diarrhea. Oh, it's good, though. I just, my neighbor and I just went out, got a little iced coffee for the podcast. Now, usually iced coffee gives me diarrhea, but um, thank you. We will be be talking about diarrhea on this podcast, Um, but everybody already knows this already. Like, you know, it's not like anybody's shocked. Like, I can't believe he's talking about diarrhea. I'm like, oh, you haven't heard his podcast before. That's what he talks about. It's mostly eating and diarrhea. It's a health food uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, we have lots to talk about today. I'm just trying to always forget uh, where to begin because, you know, I set up all this other stuff and then I uh, never know where I am. But I think we'll start with, uh, what is this? Oh, right, right. Okay. Um, well, I started out on Monday going out with uh, this woman, Felicia Madison, who is the uh, manager of the West Side Comedy Club, and she's been trying to keep it together uh, during the quarantine and puts on all these little Zoom shows for everybody. It's, it's quite remarkable what she's done. I don't know if she's one that should be in comedy at all. I mean, she's very wealthy. She's really pretty. Um, but she's totally into comedy, and I love her for it. And people say to me, well, why do you like hanging out with her? You know, because a lot of people just don't seem to like her. And I say to them, and we went out on Monday, we met on uh, Madison Avenue, as I call Felicia Madison Avenue. And uh, we went out for dinner. We ate outside on the street in the afternoon. Oh, and I had, it was some Italian restaurant on Madison Avenue. And she just had a salad. And I just had, uh, because I had eaten breakfast already. So I just had a what is it carpaci carpaci you know i'm horrible with languages but the buffalo and mozzarella the tomato and mozzarella salad you know and i these kind of italian plates they try and get all fancy first of all the iced coffee they made or the iced cappuccino was fantastic the look of it it wasn't as good as this uh, dunkin donuts one but the look of it was spectacular so they try and get all fancy schmancy meanwhile they just put out some buffalo cheese you know mozzarella cheese mozzarella cheese Come on, Stephanie, how come we never talk about the way we feel each other when we dance? Um, and some grape tomatoes, you know, gay. But it wasn't very good. And it's the second Italian meal I had at a restaurant that was subpar. They forgot the balsamic vinegar, which is the most important key to a buffalo mozzarella and tomato salad. So it was stupid. And it probably cost like $25 and was an appetizer. God, I hate snobbery when it comes down to food, and they try and make things fancy, and it turns out they're not as good. When you have a $25 appetizer, it should be the most delicious appetizer anyone's ever had, right? I know I'm not wrong about that. That can't be I, – I, there can't be people out there going like, well, that's not exactly true. Why wouldn't that be true? Sorry if I have to keep drinking this because it's, it's delicious and so good, and it's going to get warm by the time we finish. Anyway – People say, and I, but I like this woman, and she, uh, I like her because uh, she's a University of Pennsylvania graduate. She knows my cousin, um, not who owns the Devils, but the uh, sister, uh, Lori Lori Blitzer. I can say names; it doesn't matter. And I like that about her. You know, I like that. I like what I like 
is that she's age appropriate. I like that she we're exactly the same age. You'd never know because she's great looking and thin and pretty. I, you know, like I, I, I something, you know, somebody was like, how, how come you guys are friends? And I said, well, you know, sometimes I actually like hanging out with people my own age once in a while. You know, I mean, I hang out with so many people who are 20 to 30 years younger than me. It's actually nice to hang out with people your own age once in a while. You know, I mean, she certainly her path of where she got to is a much different path than I had. But, you know, once in a while, you just want to hang out with somebody your own age. And the funny thing is, when I got home, this particular MASH episode was on while I was making dinner. And I, and I guess that's when it occurred to me. So I miss my wife, of course. I miss my son, daughter-in-law. I have a new baby grandchild. I haven't seen her. I'd like to. But one of the things I miss the most is people my own age for companionship. I'm old enough to be the father of almost everyone around here, and then some. You just miss being able to sit around and chew the fat with somebody your own age, somebody with your own background. Well, not background, but your own experiences. See, that's exactly what I was talking about. Uh, it was so weird that I came home from that and then that aired and it was like speaking to me and I'm like, yeah, yeah, sometimes it's nice to just be able to chew the fat. You know, I can make 80s references to her and she won't look at me like I'm completely insane, which is exactly what happened yesterday when I was talking to Rachel, although my references were at that point were from the 70s that nobody would know anyway. You know, even if I made $6 million man references to Felicia, she's not going to know. She was like a, you know, pretty girl at that point. She wasn't watching TV at home. Anyway, it is kind of funny. Sometimes you got to chew the fat. People your own age. <laughs> because it is funny. I mean, I really just talk, talk to people that are just way younger and have had different uh, experiences and stuff, but, which is fine, which is great. I don't really have any problem with it, but it is kind of funny when I when I thought about it. Yeah, heck, sometimes I miss... You know that Sherman Potter was always very wise. He was very wise. Oh, uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So, uh, okay, wait, let me just get to what, all right, so let's go down the week and then we'll go to the, um, yeah, this is hilarious. Okay. So then, okay. 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 So, so on, oh, first of, yeah. Okay. All right. This will tie in. So on Wednesday, me and Rachel and her husband and Memo went to the drive-in movie theater in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Now, again, I wish my website held pictures, but it, it doesn't. I don't, I don't know why. I've asked Lenny, why can't I put pictures up? He goes, well, I, that's above my pay raise, pay grade. Anyway, so I can't, I, I can't put the picture up, but I'd love to show you the pictures of the beautiful view from this drive-in, which not only can you see the movie, but you see this beautiful skyline view of New York City and on a perfect night. Like I said last week, the weather here has been spectacular. I mean, for July 4th, I'm recording this on July 5th, Saturday. Coming out Tuesday, July 7th. But the what? I mean, July 4th has always been hot and humid and sticky and muggy. And it was perfection yesterday. 
I mean, the weather has been perfect, which is why sitting outside at a restaurant has been a fine dining experience. You know, besides the fact that, you know, the garbage trucks come by and everything and the, you know, people are whizzing by on their cars. But the weather's just been really spectacular and it drives me crazy when people are like, boy, it's hot out today. I'm like, shut up. I'll let you know when it's hot. You know, I always say this all the time. People are so disrespectful of the weather. (laughs) I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Like people just don't get that. You know, there's days when it's really hot and you can come in and complain about the weather to your doorman or your neighbors, but this ain't it. Again, if you can go in the shade at any moment and be pretty comfortable, it's not hot. It's only hot when it's 110 in the shade, as the musical would tell you. (laughs) There's a musical called 110 in the Shade. It's fucking awful. That's why I'm not going to play anything from it. Um, Anyway... It's 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 a what a beautiful night it was on Wednesday. I took the bike over the Queensboro Bridge, then took the motorcycle to Memos, and he drove me in his electric car to the drive-in movie. Okay, so then this was my plan. We were gonna we got there an hour early, so we could go and get a bunch of food from the food truck, and then sit and watch the movie and and chew the fat, as you might say. As Sherman Potter would say. So my plan was to get as much food as possible from. Oh, by the way, we were there to. Which part should I tell you first? All right, wait. Before I get to the food truck, let me just explain that the problem is. I I put my phone on airplane mode, but I should have had some of the. uh, Damn it. On this, uh, you can look it up. I think it's called the Skyline Drive-In, and they have an Instagram post. And on their feed, in the comment section, was all comments on how Trading Places, one of the greatest movies, one of the greatest comedies ever, with the amazing Eddie Murphy, and the underrated Dan Aykroyd, and the two living legends of actors that are Don Amici and Ralph Bellamy, Denim Elliott, uh, was the most racist movie ever. This is what people are commenting. They're like, how can you show this? We thought this was a fun place. And I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? How dare they? And they're like, we're not going if you're showing these racist movies. How could you still not? There was a guy, there's a picture that they use, and the guy's truck is in. He goes, I notice you're using my truck in this picture. Well, you better take it out because you're showing racist films. And I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with these people? I'm sorry I keep cursing. I'm just so angry about it. How is trading places racist? And I said, is it because they are going to use the N-word at the end? And I, I was going to play the clip, but I'm not going to play it today. And I say, you know, the N-word placed in that movie is extremely appropriate. And I hate when they take it out of television. It is one of the most appropriate placed n-words i mean if you want to take out the n-words and you want to complain then complain about quentin tarantino because there's no reason that he has to say does that sign is there a sign that says dead n-word storage in my house that's yell at this guy but don't take the n-word out of trading place at the end when it needs to be said because the thing is we're not feeling that sorry for those two old guys you know you're thinking like well they really did make eddie murphy's life you know better they weren't horrible to him. 
you know, they were just doing this experiment. So the fact when they say, I would never let an N-word run our company, and then he's like, I agree. You need that them to say that so now we know they're evil and they must be destroyed. So that is a, a very well-placed, shocking, shocking word in a comedy, but completely necessary to progress the plot. This is my theory, and I will stick with it till the end of time. It's not throwing around like Quentin Tarantino, some weirdo, or even Martin Scorsese and Taxi Driver. It's, it's, it's appropriately placed so you want to see them destroyed in the next couple of scenes. Now, where it doesn't need to be, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this because I'm like, am I just crazy or do I just think it's funny when they use the N-word? Well, I don't know why. And then I was thinking, here's a great example of a place where it does not need to be. And that would be The Shining. There's no need for a ghost to be racist. Did you know your son was bringing an N-word here? Like, there's no reason for the ghosts to be racist to tell Jack Nicholson to kill his wife and kid. It, 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 does, it doesn't add to the plot. Why Why do they need to mention that? He's like, Let's uh, form to it. They've never shown that his character was racist in any way. How is that going to affect the outcome of how he hates his wife and kid or whatever? Why would a ghost be racist? That doesn't add up at all. That makes no sense. And if they bleep that from the movie, I'm okay with that. It doesn't progress the plot in any way. Why are they picking on Scatman Crothers? Who cares that he's black? It doesn't progress the plot in any way. But of course, they're never going to cut anything out of a Stanley Kubrick film. Please. He's like a living god of movie making. So there is my theory, right? I was able to find one where it's actually not necessary, let alone every Quentin Tarantino movie. This guy should be brought up on charges. This is a guy that's clearly extremely racist. There is no reason for him to use the N-word. For him. Why would a director, and they say Scorsese did it too, why would they put themselves in these movies where they just throw around the N-word unless they're just racist? It's like I was saying about David Levy or Dan Levy from uh, Schitt's Creek. I remember what I was saying was like, I didn't like the show at first because why would a guy write a show and a character for himself where he plays a gay guy unless he was gay? I just can't picture myself saying, I want to do a series where I play a homosexual. You know, the reason straight guys would do a series is because you want to play a straight guy and you want to, you know, look on TV like I'm really good at getting girls or something. You can play a nerd and everything, but finally the end result of a film you write yourself is you're going to get the girl, mostly. So it would be odd to say like, no, but I end up with a guy in this. And people would be like, uh-huh. I mean, this has nothing to do with being homophobic or anything like that. It's just I am a straight man. So I would write a movie or a TV show about me being straight. But if I wanted to mix it up, I still can't see myself being like, I can see myself playing a gay part. We've talked about this before in a movie or even something I wrote where I character, but I can't imagine building a whole TV series where I just play a gay guy and I'm going to have all these kissing scenes with a dude. It just doesn't add up. Anyway, 
The point of the story being is that all these people wrote how racist Rachel is, and then Rachel reminded me that Dan Aykroyd ends up in blackface in the train scene. I totally forgot. And I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> totally forgot about that part. Okay. I That ends up not being the greatest. Uh, okay. I get it. I didn't think about that. I did not think. I was only thinking they were complaining about the N-word. So, yeah, but... Still, it's not a racist movie. They didn't do, I'm sure Eddie Murphy, if he was not, even though, I mean, he was coming off trading plays. He was a huge star on Saturday Night Live. I'm sure he could have said, I don't feel comfortable. Eddie Murphy is, even when he was young and in his first movie, was not the kind of guy that wasn't outspoken. He was a cool guy. He, he spoke his mind. I'm sure if the lead of this movie, even though it's his only second film, wasn't comfortable with Dan Aykroyd wearing blackface, he would have said, I don't feel comfortable with this. I'm sorry. So anyway, it's not a racist film. I can see where people might, who are uneducated might feel that it is, but it's not. It's just a comedy, and it actually brings out a lot of interesting issues. Anyway, the point of this is there were all these comments and all these comments, and, and you know who was there? 50 black, 50% black, 50% white. There were so many black people at the drive-in seeing this, quote, racist film. It was actually quite shocking. I did, I, I, you know, after seeing the comments that there were 50% of black people watching the movie. And that actually made me feel great. And then it made me feel that when I am touting these views on how these Black Lives Matters thing are only the protesting and all this stuff that I'm talking about is the problem with white people who are the protesters. Do you know that all the comments from this Skyline Instagram are from white people? They're not from black people. Otherwise, those black people would not have all been at this movie. And again, I say that the black people don't want your two-faced help. They truly believe with all my heart, that these people who are saying all this stuff, you're racist, you're we're protesting, you gotta treat people better. That if they move, that if black people moved into your neighborhood, you'd you'd be terrified and move out. I know that sounds horrible, but it's. I'm just saying. I am talking about the two facedness of most of these people. For example, great example today in the paper, the woman who threw the Molotov cocktail, the white woman who threw the Molotov cocktail. At the cops, when the protests started, who's going to prison for a long time, thank God. This woman, are you ready for this? This woman was quoted as saying, a black guy gave it to me. She's throwing, she's using to get out of prison, the, throwing the black people under the bus, who sh apparently she was, quote, fighting for, so she can get out of prison, because that's something that cops will buy. Meanwhile, they found all these bottles in her car. She was ready for a fight. And what an asshole saying, like, no, a black guy gave it to me, and he told me to throw it. Can you believe that? This is what I'm talking about. It's the two-facedness that's driving me crazy. White folks who are protesting, I don't think the black people need your help unless you are, I don't know, known for truly being an advocate somehow of the people most of the people they don't want your help 
They'll be fine. Let them do it their way. Now, the way I'm wording it all sounds horrible anyway, but... But anyway, so that's what made it so great. I'm like, well, there's all these black people there. Then, of course, I was nervous when that N-word came up. And I'm like, you know, should I laugh really hard or should I not laugh? I don't know. Anyway, getting back to the hilarity. uh, So my plan was to go to the food truck and order everything on the menu and come back to the car. I'm, I'm doing the motion now. You can't see it. With my hands like holding my elbow so I could carry all the stuff like Newman in the Seinfeld episode where he's at the Super Bowl and he has all this food. He's got hot dogs and popcorn and, you know, soda. And every He's got everything. He's got nachos. He's holding all the stuff while he's sitting down when Jerry finds his seat. And I'm like, God, that's so smart. Just getting everything at once. I'm going to pull a Newman today, if I could pull it off. That was my plan. So everybody, like, what are you going to get? I'm like, don't worry about me. I'm going to get stuff for myself. So I got up and I got, I got whatever they, I had everything on the menu. I got a hot dog. I got wings. I got French fries. I got double French fries. I didn't want double French fries. I got French fries with cheese and then other French fries. I had a popcorn and I had a Kit Kat bar. And then you go wait on line, the second line, while the food truck is getting your stuff together. And the funny thing was, there was a black guy behind me, which was impossible because Rachel and Memo were behind me ordering. So they should have been directly behind me on the second line. Now, normally I would just say, are you sure you're on the right line? But I, I didn't want to make any kind of trouble where Rachel would get upset with me and like, hey, just out just because he's black. You know, so I didn't say a word. And then, of course, finally, he asked like Rachel and Pete, wait a minute, what line is this? I knew he was on the wrong line, but I didn't want to do anything. I felt horrible. You know, I just I want but I just felt like if somehow it was going to look like I'm like, wait, why is this black guy in this? <laughs> so. Finally, he asked, they're like, no, 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 you got to order there first. And then because it would be impossible. He wasn't, he couldn't, he wasn't behind me on the other line. But I'm so terrified to say anything at this point. I didn't want to make any trouble. I felt this poor guy got to wait on the wrong line all this time. Meanwhile, so I get my food and it's just like Newman. I mean, I pulled it off. I had the wings, and then the hot dog on top of the wings while I was holding the popcorn. I put the Kit Kat bar in my back pocket, and then I had another thing of cheese fries on top of it, and I had to hold it double, like, double with my... I'm doing it now. You can't see it. Like, with my hand touching my, like, elbow so I could make, like, a cradle so I could carry all the food back to the car. And Rachel's like, oh, let me see what you got. I'm like, no, I can't. I got to get immediately back to the car because I was embarrassed also. But I really wanted to pull it off and eat everything. I was so excited. And I had a six-pack of Budweiser cans in the car. That's why I didn't get anything to drink. And I'm like, this is going to be the greatest night ever. The weather was perfect. The view was amazing. It was a beautiful sunset. And then I went back to the car, and Memo, because he's got an electric car, he opens up the trunk. You could totally just put everything in the trunk. Uh, the, the, I'm sorry, the hood, and, and eat there. It was amazing. But unfortunately, something happened with that truck, and Rachel and Pete didn't come back for another 40 minutes. So they missed 
the talking and eating, Mebo came back and then something happened with the truck and they didn't get something happened where everybody else's orders were delayed. I don't know how I got and Rachel was like the whole time she was like, you know what? I'm just glad this didn't happen to just Gow because he would have had it. And I would have because this isn't the only night they do. I mean, this one truck is there every night. What could be the holdup? And when I got there, I could see they were confused. They're like, all right, do you have it? Do you have it? They were like a mess. But I would have I would have gone back later and pushed that truck over. I would have been so livid. They really would have ruined my night. But they didn't. And I went back and ate everything. I left all the, the fries I don't like so much. I just like the one that they had. I thought because they had wings and fries together. So I said just put the cheese on the fries. But they gave me a whole other order of fries. Because they were all mixed up over there. But it was fine. So yeah, the, for some reason the fries seem fattening and they fill me up so i don't always like that but chicken wings and a hot dog just mustard on it it was it was it was awful but great at the same time i ate everything i ate the entire thing of popcorn i ate all the chicken wings i ate the hot dog and then i even opened the Kit Kat bar and ate that too it was fantastic and it really was that delicious newman experience from the time they go to the Super Bowl, <laughs> when they're going downtown, it was awesome. And we had a great time. And I drank five of the six beers throughout the course of the movie. It was fantastic. And we just had such a good time and such a nice experience out during this horrible, you know, where you're alone and not with anybody in this, this actually wonderful social distancing experience. At the old school drive-in, which I think the last movie I well, the last movie I saw at a drive-in was porn, which still nobody believes me. Nobody believes me. Because all the drive-ins turned to porn before they went out of business. That's what usually happens. Uh, but the last regular movie I saw at a drive-in, I believe. Well, no, that would have been before, because I'm thinking I saw the double feature of Jaws and Buck Rogers in the twenty fifth century, the movie. With my friend Mike Radovanic, my dad actually took us to that, which was surprising. Sat through the double feature. Now they think about it, that's can't believe he was nice enough to do that. Well, I think he wanted to see the movie. I'm pretty sure that's where it came to. Uh, but I think the last movie I saw, because there was one by our high school. Remember I told you we used to change the sign? Might have been Richard Pryor, uh, Live on the Sunset, Sunset Strip, maybe? Is that possible, or... Yeah, I think, and that, oh, God, was that awful. Oh, boy, I was having none of that. So, I mean, I haven't seen a drive-in movie in a long time. It was really terrific, and uh, they were playing it on the speakers, and Memo had it in his car, and that was the best part is I didn't have to drive because I don't like keeping the radio on the whole time. You know, it drains the battery, but his whole car is a battery. He only lost 1% of battery the whole time by having the radio on. Some of those electric cars, you know, it's fantastic, except where he lives, it's hard to charge. He doesn't care. But boy, it was an excellent time and an excellent night. And then Memo was kind enough to drive me back, even though I wouldn't have cared because I would have totally taken the bike home with that. And I'm telling you, it was a beautiful night. It's just been so spectacular. And that was on Wednesday. And then, you know, then I always try to take a day off for social distancing. And then on Friday, I went to see Rhoda. Now, It was supposed to be bad weather Friday, but it turned out not to be bad weather at all. And my friend Alina, the nurse at Columbia, 
uh, said, I'll drive you. I'm going to my brother's in Old Bridge, so I'll drive you. I'm like, well, that's like 20, 25 minutes out of your way. She goes, I don't care. I like driving. I don't care. So her and her daughter, Madely, spelled weird, uh, were going down to, to, to Jersey anyway, so she didn't mind dropping me off at my mother's. And uh, I had some uh, weed for people to give. You know, I had another order of people I was going to see, and I just wasn't going that place. So people just kept coming to my mother's to pick up stuff. <laughs> it was kind of hilarious. <laughs> I don't know why. But uh, but they drove me down, and my we weren't sure what we were going to eat, you know, because I wasn't driving, so I couldn't pick anything up. So my mother's like, well, maybe I'll cook hamburgers. So she said... When I talked to her on the phone, maybe the day before, she goes, or no, that day, she goes, well, I have hamburgers and hot dogs I can take, it, but I forgot, I went to the store, but I forgot to get potato salad and coleslaw. And uh, I'm like, how did you forget if you knew we were going to have that? She goes, I just forgot. I'm like, well, what were you doing at the store? See, this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. Most mothers or grandmothers, if you're Hebrew or Italian, are like, oh, my son's coming over. That's the first thing on their mind. I want to get the stuff he loves. And I think that's what bothers me so much. So maybe it's selfish on my part. It's just that's the way most parents act. So she just told, oh, I forgot. I forgot you were coming. You know, you just don't hear that from a Jewish mother ever, or at least on movies and television, (laughs) which, of course, is the only thing I go by. That's my Bible. So then, you know, later on, she also said, like, yeah, I didn't get you anything to drink, uh, but I like this Snapple Kiwi. I saw some root beer, some Stewart's root beer, but I wasn't sure if you liked that. I'm like, Mom, I used to live at Stewart's down the street when we were there. I mean, how could you, you know, why wouldn't you just give it a try and just get it anyway? I would have just got it anyway. I wasn't sure if you'd like this, so I got it anyway. I mean, that's that's the weird part that just bothers us so much about Rhoda. Anyway, I got there, and she goes, oh, I got the grill ready to go. You know, when I didn't say that we would have the hamburgers on toast, but I'm like, did you go out and get the coleslaw and potatoes? And she goes, I did. I'm like, all right, let's do this. So we get there, and she goes, what do you want, hamburgers or hot dogs? And I'm like, um, I don't know. She's like, do you want one of each? I'm like, but she only put out two hamburgers and a hot dog. That's all that was there. And I'm like, well, actually, I really don't like hot dogs. And she goes, well, you can have two hamburgers. I'm like, well, I thought you wanted a hamburger. No, I'll just have what what's left over. And I'm like, what? Well, do you have any, you don't have any more hamburgers? You only bought two? And she goes, no, I have some frozen. And you know how we hate that. Everything's frozen. So now I don't want a hot dog, so I'm having two, I don't even want two hamburgers, but I want one and a half hamburgers, but I probably want more than one hamburger, but I don't want a hot dog. I don't want a hot dog. I don't like the way my mother makes it. Or, you know, on a grill. I like it, you know, the bad way, like boiled in water like they, you know, would do it on the street. I'm weird that way. That's on me. But, you know, I'm like, why don't you just have more ready to go? I, I It's just, I don't know, maybe I'm being nitpicky. Well, I am being nitpicky. It's just like I said, it's this food thing with Rhoda just drives me insane. So I don't, and, and my sister told me later, like, all she was doing was talking about how much she wanted a hamburger. So if she was just honest and say, I really want a hamburger, I would say, all right, then I'll have one of the, I'll have the hot dog and I'll have the hamburger. She's just not honest. So she just had a hot dog, and I had two of the hamburgers. And then uh, I'm like, do you have any ketchup? And she's like, oh. And I'm like, uh, I'm just, I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to get angry about this. I don't know how she's not thinking. My son's coming over. Let me get everything ready. That's what I do. 
If Lee and Laura are coming over before we get to Wolfgang's, I know we're just having a couple of drinks. I have stuff ready because I know they're coming over. I think about everything. I can understand forgetting something, but anyway, she pulled out the ketchup that she found. It was expired for a year and a half already, but it had never been opened. So I'm like, whatever, but here we go again. And then she took out some pickles. I said, Mom, these pickles expired on 2013. 2013. That's seven years ago. She goes, oh, pickles never expire. And then she, then she ate them. And my mother just got a cholesterol check. And the doctor said her cholesterol was a little high. So she, have you been eating? And she goes, well, sometimes I have cream cheese. And he's like, well, don't eat that anymore. And my sister and I are like, oh, my God. She loves having her little slab of cream cheese. I mean, it's a slither of cream cheese. She puts on a bagel. And I'm like, listen, Rhoda, just eat the fucking cream cheese every morning. You know that makes you happy. I'm sure you have, your cholesterol might be a little high, but if you enjoy having a, a, a tiny bit of cream cheese on a bagel every morning and that brings you joy, and then you're going to eat seven-year-old expired pickles, then what's the difference if you just have a slab of cream cheese every other day? It's driving me crazy. So that's the Rhoda story again. You know, this just I just try and keep my cool. Because everything drives me insane. It's just not normal behavior for a Jewish mother. That's all it comes down to. And again, I don't think it would be bothering me as much if she wasn't this way with the grandkids as well. And then say, why don't they come to visit me? Because your food is expired and you refuse to take anything out of the freezer so people can have a choice. So, yes, that's what bothering me. I, I get letters from people. I'm like, why, why do you care? Maybe you should bring food to your mother's. Why don't you? I'm like, well, we've been doing that. But this time I was coming in somebody else's car. <laughs> I know it's stupid, right? But, oh, and then I wrote this all down. I wrote it down. I'm like, oh, I'm just keeping track because that kept me calm that I knew I'd be doing the podcast. So then she goes, oh, for dessert, I've got watermelon. Now, I'm okay with that because sometimes watermelon during the summer, let's face it, it is juicy and delicious and it looks amazing. Something about this watermelon didn't look right. <laughs> Go figure. And I ate it. And first of all, there were seeds. And I'm like, don't they have seedless watermelon now? She's like, oh, these are just little seeds. It's, a, it's fine. And then I ate it. And I'm like, it's chalky. How can that be? What is the matter with you? How come you can't get anything right? I know that sounds horrible to yell at your 86-year-old mother like that, but it's so goddamn frustrating. How do you get watermelon wrong? I said, how old is this watermelon now? Where did you buy this? Why isn't this juicy and delicious? This should be a perfect ending to what I just ate. But again, ugh, awful. Whatever. So then I say, all right, Rhoda, why don't we do this? Because I had plenty of time to waste it. You know, you know, Lena's like, well, I'll see you in five hours. I'm like, five hours? <laughs> My sister and I usually stay for three. Well, I usually stay longer, but Beth, wait, oh, she can't wait to get out. She likes to only be there for an hour or two and then leave. I don't mind staying longer because, you know, I never want to go home. So then I said, listen, I'll clean the grill Listen, we'll go get ice cream at this little, lovely little town of Cranberry, New Jersey, like an old-fashioned, you know, 1700s town. They have a little ice cream store. So we'll go, we'll go to the ice cream place, 
And then when we come back, I'll clean the grill. And the only reason I said when we come back is because I was waiting for it to cool off. And she's like, You'll, you will? And I'm like, yeah, I'll clean the grill. You made dinner I'll, or lunch, I'll clean the grill when we get back from the ice cream place. Well, she can't wait. I mean, we didn't say anything. And then I went to the bathroom. When I came back, she was cleaning the grill. I'm like, you really, you couldn't wait. Well, no, I just, you know, it just, I just seemed like, I'm like, I was only waiting for it to cool down. This is exactly what my dad used to do. I'll be like, I will do it right after this. I mean, dads do this all the time. And then he just couldn't live with that. And he just started doing it and made me feel, you know, bad. But this is the way I run my own house now. I, you know, like my sister gets mad. I don't help clean up. I'm like, well, I don't clean up myself at my own house. I wait until the next day. Now, it's very possible if I meet, uh, uh, live with somebody or have a wife, she's not going to like that plan. But that's the way I like it. I will clean the kitchen. I will clean, but I like doing it the next day. I'll bring plates into the sink to soak, but I basically clean the kitchen the next morning after a cup of coffee. I, I don't know. That's the way I like it. It doesn't bother me, but I know that it bothers some people that the dishes are out. They can't even sleep knowing that it's dirty. But that's the way I work. So I really thought I had a good, it's a grill. It's been hot. So we'll wait, we'll go out, we'll have a little ice cream, then I'll come back and I'll clean it. But no, wasn't fast enough. Did the best I could. We go out to get ice cream. It's about a 10-minute ride. We realize we both forgot our masks. See, everybody, I'm like, oh, my God, we can't. She goes, well, let's just go in and see if it's okay. And I'm like, no, 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 that's that's not cool. She's like, well, we'll just ask. And I'm like, no. No, they're all going to be very upset because they're all doing it for your benefit, you old bat. You know, that's not, it's not cool. We just got to go back and get it. So I convinced, we we went back, and then she's like, well, we don't have to go back there. I'm like, no, no, we'll go back. So we went back, and we got ice cream. And she couldn't even walk that much, so we just went to get ice cream, went back to the car, and then went home. Oh, and then, and just bring this in later because it's relevant to the story, we went to Wawa, and I got a 32-ounce like Coke with because I was so thirsty. I know I should have had water or Gatorade or something like that, but you know they got the fountain soda there, and I just don't get to have it very often. Fountain soda at Wawa? Oh, yeah. And I drank the whole 32-ounce thing. I don't know what happened. I usually don't. I really don't drink at all usually, but I uh, it was so delicious. Drank the whole thing. So now I've had two hamburgers. I put potato salad on, you know, tomato, you know, and then uh, some uh, potato salad. Ice cream, a 32-ounce soda. You know where this is headed. It's it's not it's not going to sit well. And normally it doesn't bother me because I'm, you know, just going to go home. But this time somebody else was picking me up. So, so finally, Elena and her daughter come by, and um, we say hello to Aunt Judy, of course. It's so funny that I had all these people come by and visit my mother and Aunt Judy. <laughs> like, what are the odds in a gated community you can have all these people drop by? Yeah, they can come by and say hello. It's like it's like uh, old school living at our old house where we grew up. So, so they pick me up and we decide we're going to go to Target. And they're like, "Do you mind?" And I'm like, "No, I I'm always up for never going home." And also, Alina wanted to go to this Russian market somewhere on Route Nine by Big Ed's. You know, you can eat ribs. So I said, I think there's a Target right by there. So we went to the Target. I didn't even know they were open. Went in all wearing masks and uh, just did some shopping. It was fun. 
It was great being at Target. It was exciting. It was something normal. Unfortunately, I didn't know I was going to go to Target, so I bought a whole bunch of Target stuff online. Plus, I didn't know she was going to drop me off at my house, so I thought I had to catch it, you know, carry it again and stuff. But I don't know. I think I got some gumballs and some coffee cups. <laughs> but I didn't care. I was having a good time. But unfortunately, I could tell things were percolating. And I'm like, uh-oh. Now, I think I can deal with it. It wasn't horrible, but I could tell my, I could see I was starting to sweat and getting a little nervous. And I'm like, well, I probably have to pee. I'll never make it back to the city because, you know, I drink the 32-ounce, you know, drink and, you know, whatever. But then I was like, no, oh, stomach kind of hurts. I'll be sitting in a car the whole time. I don't know. But Target has these family bathrooms. And it was right by the pharmacy department where nobody was working. I mean, there was nobody there. Nobody was in this section. I'm like, you know what? I think I could go to the bathroom here. Well, you know, I have trouble going to the bathroom anywhere normal. So I was able to uh, take care of business there. And then as usual, felt like a million bucks after. Man, there's nothing worse than having your stomach feel like that and then the joy of it all out of your system. And did I deserve it? Of course. I don't know what I was thinking. Ice cream, potato salad, and a 32-ounce drink. You're you're asking for trouble. And I haven't had diarrhea in a long time. But that, you know, I was asking for it. The ice cream is not helpful for anybody. I mean, that's why I think people are eating vegan ice cream these days. Because it's just not, you're just not meant to digest it, (laughs) I don't think. I don't know anybody normal that can eat ice cream and just have a normal day. But boy, the family bathroom, you know, the single bathroom. What a dream. That was awesome. So <laughs> I felt great. I'm like, how are you? I get so joyful after it. You feel like a new person. Um, And then we went to this Russian market and the meats look so good there because I started getting hungry again because I'm obviously insane. I'm 4,000 pounds. And I got these like little salmon bits and I got some chicken. Um, what do you call it? Like, the, you know, the chicken, whatever it is. And I took it home and they're like, yeah, get stuff. I bought some like turkey salami or something. I, I don't know. Just seemed like fun to have. And um, yeah, I've been putting little salmon bits on my toast in the morning. It's been delightful. Oh, and I bought these little cocktail hot dogs that Alina was like, yeah, you just boil them in water for 10 minutes, then you could just dip in mustard. I'm like, <gasps> because that, there's a scene in Bad Teacher with Cameron Diaz where on New Year's Eve, she's dipping a hot dog on a stick in mustard, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's so brilliant. I, I want to do exactly that. So that's why I bought them. It was perfect. And then they, uh, one of the girls in there goes like, oh, this is for your daughter. I'm like, oh, I didn't order this. She goes, no, it's for your daughter. And I'm like, ah, yes, my daughter. It made sense that they would think she was my daughter. But uh, I don't think anybody's ever said that before. That was hilarious. I suppose we looked like a husband and wife. But she's already married, clearly. But this was her kid that was supposed to be bat mitzvah in Israel. I felt horrible for her. I got her like a, a little card. I, you know, but again... Everybody's going through the same thing. So I told them we should have a quinceanera for her. They're Jewish, but I said we should have a quinceanera, a big quinceanera <laughs> when she's 15 to make up for the uh, the 2020 season. I think a lot of kids that miss bar mitzvah should have a quinceanera instead. 
to make up. It gives you two years to put everything together and get the big ruffled pink dresses. I think that's an outstanding plan. So, then, uh, oh, man, then she drove me home and took me home all the way to the east side. She lives on the west side because there was no traffic. Man, we just went down 57th Street with no traffic. It was awesome. There's nobody in the city because of the holiday weekend, let alone the virus. Oh, it is a dream come true. It's like that Vanilla Sky movie when nobody's in New York. It's really terrific. I wish if it could stay like this all the time. Of course, I guess that's not why you live here. You live here for the action. Do you like action? You like 21 different ways to win? Join me in the Players Club. And then yesterday, uh, Rachel called me and said me and Pete and Marina and Keith Robinson and Todd Barry uh, are going to go down to the cellar and have dinner on the 4th of July. And I didn't have any plans for the 4th of July. I mean, I don't know anybody that had plans for the 4th of July, this particular 4th of July. And I never had plans, so I was thrilled. 4.30? What are you saying? I'll be home by like 8 o'clock? Great. So I took the motor scooter down there. We sat outside. I had the beautiful chicken wings at the Comedy Cellar. Terrific. They were amazing as usual. A little iced coffee action. Very pleasant day, except for the homeless people. Very aggressive, scary homeless people not wearing masks and spreading around the virus. What are you going to do about that? They were very aggressive down there. What are you going to do? You can't have the police go giving out masks. They're not going to wear them. But they're spreading the virus while you're sitting out there eating. Homeless people are pretty scary at this point for an extra reason. You know, they're just not, they're clearly not wearing masks. Can you blame them? They don't want to live anyway. So that was a little uncomfortable. You know, nobody knew what to do. Call the cops. What are they going to do? What do you want me to do? But other than that, it was a lovely time. Phil Hanley came by. We got to see him. And it was super fun. And then I walked all the way home. It was terrific. It was a perfect night again. Beautiful. One of the most beautiful July 4ths I've ever ever been a part of because it's always been so hot and sweaty, you know. Not this one. It was great. Walking home up 3rd Avenue, seeing all these restaurants, all these people on the street eating and drinking. You know, it was winding down. Everything closes early now. It's like being in a normal town. It's so weird. But it's also great. I don't know. It was it's, So three days I did normal things, hanging out with people, trying to wear a mask the best you can, but you just have to kind of hope for the best. My sister got te- tested. She was negative. So that's good. So I'm not spreading it to anybody else. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't have any plans this week, but I like when they come up. It's been uh, fun just seeing other people and doing basic stuff and getting home early and not getting home at four or five in the morning drunk. It's great. It's the way a, a man in my position is supposed to be acting. I like it. Oh, um, Victoria, uh, uh, on Sunday, July third, July 12th, uh, this coming out on the 7th, you can come if you want to, uh, Jim Gaffigan will be at Monmouth Racetrack, you know, my favorite racetrack during the summer, and Marina Franklin will be opening for him, so I'm driving Marina down there, and 
my friend Victoria, who knows everybody at the racetrack, said, you know, you should do a show there. So I might produce a show at Monmouth Racetrack where both of my vices will come together in a one-time only super performance outdoors amongst the stars. So that is something I am uh, totally thinking of putting together. Well, there's a way to possibly make a living again. A little outdoor show action, which everybody's been doing. So I'm going to go down there Sunday. You can see me and Marina Franklin. I'm not doing any comedy, but uh, you can see the Gaffigan, the Gaffigans. I'm sure his wife, Jeannie, or lovely wife, Jeannie, will be down there. Marina Franklin and me, Dave Joskow, now the Monmouth Racetrack for the Outdoor Comedy Special. Spectacular, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm Jim Gaffigan, so that'll be fun. So that's something to do. Almost normal. Almost normal. On Sunday... June 12th, and then I'm going to try and put my own show together because my friend Victoria has been extremely nice about this. This is uh, Vic Henley's ex-wife, and she's been very helpful trying to put things together, which is terrific. And that's why I was going to say another thing about masks. When you're sitting at the restaurant and you're eating, you're obviously not wearing your mask. Now, we were all messed up yesterday because Marina's been very serious. Can't blame her. She has a pre-existing condition of cancer, so... She's very serious about the mask, but normally when you're sitting there eating, I put my mask in my pocket, and that's the end of it while you're sitting at the restaurant, which is completely legal. Um, Now, everybody that's walking by is wearing a mask sometimes, but, you know, everybody who's eating on the street is not wearing their mask. They're eating, they're spitting, they're talking. It's really not helpful. So why are we even wearing masks on the street when we're walking by when everybody's just polluting the air anyway? I don't know. I just, I, I I feel like you don't need to wear masks outside. I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm going to wait until the law says that I don't have to do it anymore. I don't want any trouble from other people. But inside, I say you got to wear masks. But outside, I, I'm not sure if it's doing any good if the entire city is outside not wearing a mask while they're eating or drinking. And then it's all spreading, which is, I guess, the reason you should wear a mask when you're outside. But I just don't care. I'd rather just, ugh. It's so difficult in the summer to wear a mask, especially if you're trying to do exercise or even just walk quickly, especially being overweight. It's not easy. Uh, oh, I had something else I was going to say about that. The masks. Uh, damn it. Can't remember. Joey Chestnut won the eating contest again, the hot dog eating contest yesterday on July 4th. He won. Made a new record, 75 hot dogs. That's because he had less competition this time. And it was probably temperature control because it was indoors at a dis- uh, at an undisclosed location. I am totally missed it. I totally forgot about it. It's just not a normal. It's just not a normal time. All right. So let's go to our other stuff we have prepared for you today. Now that we've given you the week roundup. I will tell you this though, I you know, I bought all these cereals from uh Target and one of them was giving me trouble, so I want to see I'm I'm just gonna type this letter out to um the president of General War Mills because this is what I've been doing with my time, so if you just give me a second, I'm just gonna to Jeff Harmoning, president and CEO of General Mills Inc. It has been five years since my last correspondence, but I could not sit quiet during this time of unrest and continue to let this happen. Although I am more of a Kellogg's man myself 
Over the years, I have certainly enjoyed the many delicious cereals your company has provided. However, after my recent foray into one of your classic cereals, I can no longer stay silent. You clearly say your Cocoa Puffs are going to turn the milk chocolatey, but it does nothing of the sort. It is clearly marked on the package that the mascot Sonny the Cuckoo Bird, see you, okay, Bird says he's cuckoo for chocolatey milk. The picture on the front of the box, picture on the front of the box even goes as far as to show him drinking the now chocolatey milk with a straw. This is quite misleading as I have tried multiple times to make it as chocolatey as on the box cover, but to no avail. No, no avail. Okay, I'm caught up. I have always been a big proponent of some of your lesser-known cereals over the years. In fact, Cubba, I remember when you tried the More Chocolatey Milk campaign with Crazy Cow Cereal, which was clearly advertised completely for turning the milk either strawberry or chocolate. That was disappointing as well. Paragraph. Yeah, right. You are probably familiar with my previous letters in which I explained that not only did the Count Chocula formula change, but there are so many less marshmallows than in 1973. Period. Okay. The, the pictures I sent you five years ago separating the marshmallows from the cereal was proof of that. You wrote me profusely apologizing, and yet nothing has changed. Please. Please ignore the tears on this paper as they represent a little boy's dreams that you have crushed over the years. I don't know how you sleep at night. Sincerely, comma, David Juskow, host of the Nightfly podcast. All right. Um, okay. P.S. Please retire Sonny the Cuckoo Bird as he is clearly racist. I haven't figured out why yet, but I'm sure someone will soon. So best to nip it in the bird. <laughs> ha, ha. All right. Thank you. Sorry, I just needed to get that done. Thank you for indulging me. Um, okay. Uh, the other thing. I, as you know, I'm planning, I'm truly planning, I'm making a, a, a plan right now to try and figure out how I can get on the ballot for Manhattan Pro president. And as you know, when I do get on the ballot, I will be going around in a car such as this. The future is in your hands. If you believe in progress, re-elect Mayor Red Thomas. Progress is his middle name. Mayor Red Thomas's progress platform means more jobs, better education, Bigger civic improvements and lower taxes. That's from Back to the Future. I'm going to drive around in a car, and I will have a bullhorn on the car horn, just like in this movie. I Yep. And it's ladies' night. That's what I will be doing. I will be going down Second Avenue. I'll be going down to the East Village where all the ladies are at the bar. And I was like, and it's ladies' night. <laughs> and
And if you think I'm kidding, just try me because I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You'll see. You'll all see. Okay, now we're going to have some fun. I, my friend Evan Cutler, who was working on Live PD, the avid bird watcher, who, by the way, I sent him a a bird that was at my mother's house the other day, and I'm like, what's this? He's like, you should be a bird photographer. I'm like, thank you. (laughs) Anyway, he had um, found one of my college on-air cassettes. He was getting every he, he he found a cassette tape of one of my air checks at WICB Ithaca from I guess 1986, as far as I can see. And he took a picture of the cover. Now, the, it, it was very, you know, um, dull written, but it was typed, so I'm able to make it out. And I thought it would be fun. Not the don't worry, everybody. It's not WJUS. The worst podcast ever recorded <laughs> where people say, oh, I've been listening to your podcast, even the WJUS. And that was last summer, I believe. Uh, no, but we're just going to I'm going to show you the music that I had to play because he was making fun because there's like three car songs on it because, you know, I hated playing college station music. I just wanted to play, you know, 38 special songs and the cars, <laughs> but because it was. You know, a new wave college station, they did have the cars, so I was able to get away with a bunch of stuff. But in order on the first side, and I'll just continue the next side next week, if I can even read this. The first song. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I can't believe I put this. I had no choice. They made you play certain songs. You know I wouldn't be playing this on any other thing. Do you know what the name of the song is? I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it's Free Nelson Mandela. Oh. I didn't like the song then. I don't like it now. But there was nothing I could do. Do you remember it, though? Oh, it picks up. No, that's not that bad. No, I like it. I like songs that start out like, you know, Brian Adams. Somebody. I need somebody. I couldn't play Brian Adams on this station. I wasn't allowed. Free Nelson Mandela by the specials coming at you. And this, all the way from 1986. Melted into this one. Go ahead, London. What is this one? Oh my god, it's even worse than the other one. All stuff I would not be interested to play at any other time. What is it? I, I mean, I was looking it up. I, I had to look it up myself. I just had the titles written, so I was like. I think this is, it's called Bad. I had a feeling it might be Big Audio Dynamite 2. And their song, Bad, which actually stands for Big Audio Dynamite. 
because I don't have the actual cassette. So I'm just guessing these are the songs. I had to do research because I'm like, I don't know what this, I don't know who sings this. I just had the titles. I didn't have the artists. But that was kind of the fun last night as I was putting it together. This song blows. I had no choice. I don't know where Mick Jones was coming from with this group, but uh, it blows. So this bothered me so much. You know, what could I do? But I had to uh, immediately put up a... Thank God, right? You know. Dave Curry, you know what I'm talking about. You can't hold the good man down. Here's... Rick O'Kaving at the cars with Give Me Some Slack, WICB. And I was like, yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, now it's fun DJing. Yeah, soon people were listening. We're just, if they like Big Audio Dynamite, Free Nelson Mandela, they're going to be like, why is he playing this? Well, too bad. It was on the set. It was on the playlist. I was allowed to play it. You know, they told you which songs you had to play, and then you could make your own selections. A couple, it was very clear which ones were the uh, Dave Juskow Hour Choice. Four hours of Joe Scal. How are you, everybody? Yeah. And then this one I had to look up. Let's do the mix. Oh. Remember this one? This is Marshall Crenshaw, but I, I didn't know. It just said, whenever you're on my mind, I'm the thing. And I had to look it up. And I'm like, I had to look up whenever you're on my mind, 1986. And I'm like, oh, my God, it makes so much sense. Marshall Crenshaw. Like, I had to go back. I'm like, yeah. That... This wasn't bad. I didn't have a problem with this one. Obviously, I would have preferred to... Uh... This one was better, Marshall Crenshaw. I didn't play that. I had to play this one. Which was next? See if you remember this one. I mean, again, I had to look it up. What is it? I don't know. Can you guess? Mike Sauter knows. I think Mike Sauter made the playlist. She said she was always mine. 
Remember, I, it all came back. I remember it. I just didn't remember who sang it. Take it all the way. I it's want you back by the Hoodoo Guru. Everybody. About me and about Hoodoo friends. Gurus. Well, that just says when college radio. So weird. Definitely sounds 80s. What came up next? I don't hate this song. Don't remember it at all. I mean, I remember it now that I hear it. Kind of cool. Are you playing college radio in 1986? Who's next? This one, I when I saw this one, it just said "Look away," and I'm like, I mean, I think we were all thinking it, except again for Mike Sodder, who knows better. But you know, I'm looking at, it, I'm like, wait a minute, I played this song. This doesn't sound right, right? I'm like, wait, they wouldn't let me play this on. Plus, it was two years later. So you call me up this morning, you see, look away. This is what I'm automatically thinking of. I assume everybody that listens to this podcast besides Mike Sodder. Is thinking of this song. I'm really happy for you. This going all the way back to Chicago. From Chicago 19. You look away. One of the worst day. songs ever written. It's and yet the biggest hit for Chicago ever. I, know you've got I mean, even more so than Peter Cetera. This isn't Peter Cetera. He had already left two albums ago. And this was their biggest hit of all time. Written by Diane Warren but still technically 
the worst song ever. But it describes the decade and what a power ballad is. Under the dictionary, under the word power ballad, they may have this song. Oh boy, boy, that is some bad news. That is some bad news. But then, yeah, so that uh, that wasn't played. But I, I would know. I, I would never have guessed. Like I had to look it up. I would never have guessed that that was uh, big country. You know. And then after that one, I played this one, which I definitely knew. No, no, this is the other song. What is it? You know it? Right? You don't know it, but you know it. Here's Nick Kershaw with the riddle of the self-titled album, with the riddle. Know that other one, now, wouldn't it be good to, you know, that one from uh, Pretty in Pink. You're the follow up. What happened to this guy? in this era where they just made songs like this? Can you imagine them doing this on Saturday Night Live now? I mean, it's a good song, but it it describes the decade. New wave! But it's a Dave Juskow show, so, uh, of course... Had to go with this one. Duh. <laughs> That's this is where my friend Evan was just making fun of me nonstop. I still listen to this song today, so I love it.
So then it just, it had something. Again, this isn't fair to Mike Sutter because he knows all of it. It's a new song. I'm like, I have no idea. So I just put new song 1980, 1980s. And maybe I put 1986, but I just put new song. Nothing came up. This was a tough one to find. And then I finally found it. New song. I still had no idea what it is. Oh, and then I'm like, wait. Listen, you're, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> if I didn't know who it was, I would never have got it. Was it the Eurythmics? I, I don't know. Howard Jones. Howard Jones. He had a lot of hits in the 80s. And then he was never heard from again. Got all the way to college. WICB. Ah, we get to the chorus. I, I kind of remember now. Wow. <laughs> How about those keyboards? The 80s. The 80s, everybody. Speaking of the 80s, I had a... Uh, that's uh, that's it for today for uh, this. I'll just turn that off. But um, yeah, fascinating stuff, right? And uh, oh, yeah. Oh, um, two things about it. We'll, we'll, we'll continue next week because I thought it was kind of fun. I hope you enjoyed it. But I was looking up that... So look away. The Chicago song, all right, as we play this, came out in 1988. But in 1989, it was the number one song of the year. Look away, that ridiculously, this is no other way to put a gay song from Chicago, probably the worst song they've ever written, their most successful hit ever, and the most successful song of 1989 and then the funny thing is when you look at the songs from 1989 you kind of get it that was a bad bad year for music the number two song is my prerogative from bobby brown a classic but uh, certainly not one that holds up every rose has its thorn from poison Straight Up from Paula Abdul. These are bad songs. Miss You Much by Janet Jackson, probably her worst song. Cold Hearted by Paula Abdul. I guess we know who was on the charts during 1989. Wind Beneath My Wings for Bette Midler, which may be the only one that has held up. Because it's a sign you don't, that song doesn't sound like it was recorded in the 80s. Girl, You Know It's True by Millie Vanilli. And right there, you're really saying all you need to know about the history of 1989 and why Nirvana needed to come in in 1990 and teach everybody a lesson because things were getting bad. Yeah, baby, I love your way. The Freebird medley, medley, remember that? With Will to Power, remember that? How horrible that was? It's just all right here waiting for you, Richard Marks. I mean, really, do I need to go on? I don't. 
That's, oh my. 1989, possibly the worst year in music. All tipped off by Look Away, the worst song ever written by Chicago. And the reason why I bring this up is because I was thinking about films and uh, certain movies that well, you can't tell. If you didn't look at the year on your guide on TV, you wouldn't if, – if, if, like if you didn't know what we know and we know when movies were made, if you were, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 and just learning about movies – which are the movies that you wouldn't believe were made at these certain eras? I And I had three examples. The first one is The Wizard of Oz. There's nothing in The Wizard of Oz that tells us, you know, when I look at the guide, you know, I've told you this before. I'm looking back and I'm saying, wait, this was made in 1939. That's insane. You wouldn't guess The Wizard of Oz was made in 1939. If you were a kid, you'd probably think, yeah, this is clearly made a long time ago, but you would never think the 30s. And then you'd look up what other movies were made in the 30s. Well, Gone with the Wind looks like it's made in the 30s, made the same years. Wizard of Oz, but it looks like it's made in the 30s. Mr. Mr. Pre- Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, looks like it's made same year. Looks like it's made in the 30s. You know what I'm saying? These movies look like they, you know, with the the sound quality and let alone that one's in black and white and stuff. It just they look older. They look like they were made before we were born and before when film was new. But The Wizard of Oz doesn't look that way. It holds up. And it looks like it could be made in the 50s or the 60s or the 70s, really. And, of course, Star Wars is up there with that. You can't believe sometimes that was made in 1977 when you think about the other films that were made in the 70s, like The Godfather or something like that, which, you know, again, you could also say The Godfather doesn't seem like a 70s film. It just has the 70s spirit for it. But, you know, Star Wars is just so timeless that the fact that it was made in the 70s is weird just doesn't look like any other 70s films we know, you know, like The French Connection or uh, A Saturday Night Fever, which all feel like 70s movies, you know, Carrie, things like that, you know. But Star Wars just is one of those things. So I'm trying to think of ones that, like, don't fit the decades that they were made in. And then, of course, I was thinking of Hannah and Her Sisters is a great example. Most Woody Allen films. The fact that Hannah and Her Sisters, which is one of the best movies he ever made, was made like Annie Hall has a 70s feel to it for sure. And that's what made it so relevant and and worthy of an Oscar. It has a 70s feel. But Hannah and Her Sisters, that could be made at any time. You just never know what decade that was when you're watching it or Crimes and Misdemeanors made in the, I don't know whether it was made in 89 or 90. It's certainly the, these films are just you know, you'd look it up and you could see the date and you're like, really? I wouldn't have guessed that. I mean, how do you have a scene like this that makes it sound like it's from the 80s? Just open office ready. You're a big hit. Oh, and this were a big hit. Yes, it is. There's your comeback little sheep of that. I wasn't such a big hit. You will be. You will be. You'll get five jobs next week. Excuse me, are there anything you want to say? Oh, yeah. Here. A few. Do you like them? I can't resist. Really? How flattering. Did you try the shrimp? Listen. You guys are too attractive to be catered. Something's wrong. Practices. Is this your first job? Really? Is the food that bad? Oh, no, not at all. more friends than make lasagna, huh? I know. You're an actress for the Great Thurber Shrimp Puffs. Uh, no, the shrimp puffs are Holly's. I do the uh, crepes caviar. 
And the quail is responsible for the quail eggs. I Here, I sell you a couple of extra clams. Incidentally, I'm David Tolchin. Oh, uh, careful not. Hi. Hello. You're Holly. Yeah, we're the Sam Company. Now I'm going to tell you the truth. I really came in here because I was bored stiff by the party. <laughs> what makes you think we're more interesting? Actually, I'm going to listen to Aida. I'm not getting in your way. No, no, no. no. We saw um, Pavarotti and, uh, and Ernani at the Met, and I cried. I cried at the opera. Oh, I, I, I go limp in the last scene in La Traviata. Limp. Me too. I have a private box at the Met. I bring my little bottle of wine, I open it, I sit there and I watch and I cry. It's disgusting. Uh, what, what do you do? I'm an architect. What, what kind of things do you build? Are you really interested? Yeah. What a dick. Are you really interested? What time do you get off? Yeah. I mean, who the fuck does this guy... Th- what a pretentious prick. But anyway, it's still a classic scene. And, uh, I mean, it's you know it's a simple scene. But it certainly wouldn't ring to the fact of this being in the same decade. And I'm sorry, when I say the same decade, I mean the same year. Hey, you guys got everything you need? Oh, yeah, we got it. Hey, what's with the used books? What's wrong with used books? They've already been read. Yeah, and they've already been underlined, too. Get it? That's the problem. The last guy who underlined him, he could have been a maniac. Hey, get these guys some new books. Huh? Get some new books, will you? I'll tell you what, charge it to me, too. Okay, here, pick a card. And I'll tell you, I'm taking four of those school sweaters, a bunch of pennants, some of those beer mugs, a few of these fuzzballs you cheer with, and... Hey, folks, it's on me. Shakespeare for everyone, okay? Uh, you too, honey. Ooh, I like to tame your shrew. I mean, the, the, the fact that that is the same year that came out of that pretentious other movie is unbelievable, right? But that's what I'm looking for. I'm just looking for, you know, films that you can't believe they were made in a certain decade that has something. I mean, the fact that Star Wars was made in the, the exact same year as Smokey and the Bandit just doesn't add up. You know, how do you know when you're... You could say Back to the Future for sure, but all they keep talking about is 1985 in there. So we know for sure that was made in the decades. But if you you know, if you know, have other examples, I'd love to know. I've been trying... I've been going crazy trying to figure out what uh, other examples there might be of movies that, you know, how could this have been made in the same decade as uh, something else like a Star Wars or a Wizard of Oz or... You know, even Hannah's sisters, which just doesn't add up. You know, that's a little game we're playing this week. How are you? All right, everybody. That's our show for today on the Nightfly podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I think we had a lot of laughs. I think we did it just old school, the way we like it. I hope everybody had a terrific July 4th, or the strangest July 4th in uh, American history, as, uh, ironically, as you would say. But And I hope everybody's going to have a great summer. Like I said, at least if you live on the East Coast, the weather has been fantastic. I know California's been a little strange because they're going back to uh, closing everything down again, everything. But you got to say, I mean, you just got to take what we can get. And just uh, hope the weather just keeps going good. And we can go out for walks and do the best we can. And hope everything at some point, maybe in 2021, we'll go back to normal. Let's just, 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 just assume we're not going back to normal in 2021. That way we can set what we need to do, you know, and then move on with our lives and just not have a fear of missing out and enjoy ourselves just by watching TV and 
and Good Witch episodes. And uh, oh, you got to oh, the second season gets crazy. The Good Witch, by the way. Oh man, this guy comes to town and he is looking for trouble. But it all it all works out because uh, I'll tell you. You know what I figured about that Hallmark Channel is that it actually just um, it's just uh, it's it's relaxing. It just doesn't. Be, I don't know. There's something about it. I can just turn it on. And it just it, it, the, the world melts away because it's not normal, and it's not. It's just not you know topical. And I think that's why I like it. I think that's what happened because I ended up watching this uh, movie uh, with Autumn Reeser, who I always found attractive on Gossip. No, on, on the OC. And now she is older and gross. Gross because she cut her hair short. And I hate that. And she was in a movie. And a horrible actress. Horrible actress. In this movie about a, a barbecue cook-off with this old high school flame who's, again, one of the worst actors I've ever seen. Such hard, horrible acting on the Hallmark Channel, which is why I guess I can't be on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> I'm too good an actor. But, uh, yeah, I just keep watching other things and I'm, because the Hallmark Channel, there's something about it. It's just, you know, it's not normal. It's relaxing. I think it's taken me out of, you know, the news and all that kind of stuff. And it just, it's just not right. So I'm just because I'm trying to look for answers. Why? Why? Why am I so into this? It's it's bad. The girls are okay, but there it is. What can I say about it? I mean, this is uh, this is what it comes down to in this in these crazy times, these stressful, stressful times. I'm looking for something to de-stress, and the Hallmark Channel is where I'm looking. I believe this July they're just doing all their Christmas shows. That's a brilliant plan. I mean, why not? They just seem to get it. They clearly get it. All they do is make Christmas movies during Christmas. That's really smart. Unlike Comedy Central, who, you know, just lives in the... I don't know what they're living in. They're a mess, and uh, hopefully they'll go off the air, because they're, they're just absolutely awful. Anyway, I just uh, hope everybody's going to be okay, and we will always be back for you, uh, with you here on the Nightfly to keep you company through the quarantine and beyond when things go back to normal. My name is Dave Juskow. I hope everybody has a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week on the Nightfly Podcast. So long, everybody. Have a great week. I'm not